As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only West Coast Magoots. What's up, pal? Heading to the West Coast. West Coast Magoots at your service. Hence the name. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm pumped. pumped. Wow. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's funny. Like this, this week has definitely gone by in a blur. And it was one of those things. We talked about it on Tuesday. We were both starting to get excited. Mm. Both of us kind of hold our excitement until the end, as it usually goes, except for that first live show. Yeah, but that's because we'd never done it before. Yeah. And I think I was equal parts excited and apprehensive because I didn't know what to expect. It's a lot. It's, it's, yeah. uh, we're showmen now, though. We are showmen. We are much like Erica Jane. We too are showmen. Much like Hugh Jackman. Oh, the greatest, the greatest showman. showman. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm, we've done two live shows and now we're Hugh Jackman. Lofty expectations. I can't wait to get out there. We land, I think, at like 3.30 and then Brooks already has some dinner reservations lined up for us. Ooh. So we're going to have some good food, good friendship, a little West Coast bonding for the bros. I'm excited. Yep. Nothing like it. I'm actually really excited to wake up Saturday morning. And this is just like... Because I've never been, I've been out west enough where like the three hour time change has come into effect, but I've never been to LA during a football weekend. Oh, so oh, waking yeah. up at like 9 a.m., like, well, you wake up at like 8 30, 8 45, go grab some coffee, come back. 9 a.m., we're going to have college football on Saturday morning. Ooh. Same thing with Sunday morning. Sunday morning, those one o'clock games, they pop in at 10 a.m. I'm excited for that. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Dude, I, because I love the, uh, the international games for Sundays for football because you can wake up, have some coffee, watch, you know, the Dolphins and the Chiefs or whatever it was. Mm. Or if you want to go Patriots-Colts, which was a clunker, you still get to watch some football at 9.30 in the morning, enjoy some coffee, eat some breakfast, and just have a nice start to the day. There is something to be said about having your first cup of coffee in the morning and being able to watch football. Now we're just like way into sports. How do we get here? What happens? I don't know. This happens every time. I will pivot a little bit. Uh, you didn't say anything about it when he came in. I'm a little upset, but it's okay. I put up Christmas decorations today outside. I thought I was either going to get some shit talk from you or at least a compliment or at least an acknowledgement. It was I'm actually, strategic for me to not. Uh, I don't it's not even Thanksgiving, it. dude. I, I literally said to Dev, we went out there to look when it got dark. And I was like, oh, let's go take a look. I was like, by the way, Shooter's going to give me shit. And she's like, why? I was like, he's going to say... It's not even Thanksgiving. I yet. was giving you the benefit of the doubt and thinking that maybe your daughter was coming next week and you wanted everything to be all set up. I, I just, you know, I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. Instead of ripping you apart immediately, now I can rip you apart. Why? Have you looked up it's and down fucking, my street? It's. I don't care about the I will the not be the house that is the Grinch house. I will not do it, it is sir. It is not even Thanksgiving. You are not the Grinch. You're the Thanksgiving Grinch. You're the Thanksgiving Grinch. I love Thanksgiving. as fuck. I do too. Thanksgiving's amazing, other than the fact that we're celebrating my ancestors, Native Americans, getting the shaft, but whatever. They sat together and had some turkey. Okay, cool. Let's let's go over the actual, you know what? It's not about that anymore. It's just about getting around your family and giving thanks, even though you're going to see that same family seven more times until Christmas, because everybody's got Christmas parties and ugly sweater parties. So yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of family kind of crammed together in one month, but it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Let's get to Thanksgiving. Let's sit down. What are you going to wear? A Christmas sweater to Thanksgiving? You're so excited for it? 
Just to spite you, yeah. Okay. Just uh, it's not like we're having you. Thanksgiving together. I don't no, care. But I'm going to send you pictures all day of my activities in my ugly sweater. One, you're not going to do that because I've told you Bullshit. before, send me pics of what you're doing and you don't send me shit. Yeah, because you ask at uh, weird times. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you're having fun doing some shit. I'm like, send me some pictures. Yeah, like, Sounds let me fun, see man. it. I'm like, nah. You text me the next day. Yeah. About something completely different. I'm not the guy that stands there with my phone out at the party or at the event. I'm the guy that takes it in. I take one or two pictures in the beginning of an event, whether it's a sporting event, a concert, a dinner, whatever. Then the phone's down. I don't want to be the asshole on TV when someone's like shooting the game-winning shot and everyone's like this on their phone. Oh, And they never... Here's the funny thing about those videos that people take at concerts. They take them literally everywhere. Any event, people have their phones out to record it. No one will ever go back and watch those. No I do. bullshit. How many I, times? I have a video of Bryce Harper hitting a homer against the Braves that game that we were at that because one, I called it. That one was timely. All right, that one was cool. It I'll was give you sick. That. But the, and I watch it once a week. But that one's also rare because the odds of him hitting a home run in that moment were insane. Okay, so that you one need I to live in my life let's then, because those about, odds are not that rare. I call my shot all the time and it works out. I this is not about your ego right now. It this is. is about people being in the moment. <laughs> put your fucking phone down and enjoy it. All right. Take a couple of videos and then put it away. You don't need to take it. That's my point, I guess. If you take it out and record oh, yeah. a Bryce Harper at bat, fine. If you take it out and record like one drive up the football field, whatever, don't one have drive? it out. If you keep nitpicking Crazy. me, this is going to take so long to get to the Bravo <laughs> stuff. And we have a lot to cover tonight, but I'm going to finish my sentiment here. Just be in the moment, people. Be in the moment. Wow. I hate looking. I hate watching TV and seeing everybody in the stands with their phones out. It really drives grandfather me. Grandfather Rock Steele coming in to tell people to grandfather cherish the moment. Grandfather Rock Energy, cherish the moment, says the Grandfather Rock. Knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is our second episode of the week, which means we got some rose and thorn to do. So why don't we uh, break out those roses and thorns, huh? Let's, Let's see what do you do it. Uh, I'm going to start off with a little thorn here. And... This comes from the video that we posted talking about Juan and going further into why he was fired and him not addressing any of those things. I would say for the majority of people, like 98% of the comments that we got were in support and pointing out the fact that no one else is talking about this type of shit. Right. There were a few in there, of course, because anyway, anytime that there's a huge quantity of people commenting, there's always a few that just make comments that don't make any sense. It's just such a weird hill to die on yeah. for me. Like, so why? My favorite comment from that. Because I always have a favorite thorn because thorns are funny. You losers, clout chasers, go watch sports or do a barbecue or something. <laughs> I would fucking love to go watch sports and do a barbecue. Yeah. Thank you. Don't threaten us with a good time. I know. Now you're just telling me things that I want to do. But also, we're going to watch Bravo too. And that's okay. Because, because we've we're, been here. We're cultured, baby. Oh, I actually didn't even see. I took a screenshot of that one. And there's another one right below it. Two grown men with a housewives podcast. I think not. <laughs> Thanks, Lexi. Nobody gives a shit what you think. <laughs> Loser. Double thorn. Nice podcast, Lexi. Yeah, what's your podcast? I actually have a lot of thorns I'm scrolling back through now. Keep going. I thought I only had... Oh, I'll just keep going. All right. I hate bra bros. They stand... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to move on to a rose. <laughs> was that actually what it said? It said, I hate bra It was a longer one, too. But it started off by saying, I hate bra bros. <laughs> Not us specifically, just what we stand for, where we want other straight guys that are like in relationships to get into Bravo more. No, she hates all I of them. I hate those guys. That's Real shame. So funny. Hate to see it. Anyway, Rose of the Week 
this goes back to Thursday or Tuesday's episode, which I completely forgot about. Uh, Nini Babes three said, "Shooter, I'd appreciate the gray sweatpants on Thursday." Wasn't there an emoji attached to that one? Eyeballs. Yeah. 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 By the way, my favorite one, and I can't find it, and I'm sorry that I'm not giving you credit for. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna cut out the dead air, but I'm gonna find it because it's on one of our YouTube videos, and it made me so happy. Oh, here it is. And it turned into a thread as well, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. so I'm going to say, actually, I'll save that for, I like to do my rose second, like that, not a good note. Let me do my thorn. So my thorn is actually a really funny one because we haven't gotten like just a little razzing in a while. Yeah. And this comes from TikTok. And they said, just made a dumb decision myself watching this video. <laughs> <laughs> Got us. I will say his first name is Ralph. And oh, said, thanks, Ralph. I said, ooh, sick burn, Ralph. I wonder if we'll be able to recover from that. And he responded, and his response was something along the lines of, it was, like, constructive. He's like, if you're going to be in this game, you got to have tough skin. It's like, we know. <laughs> Trust me. We get it, dude. <laughs> We're well aware. Thanks. You want to be our manager? <laughs> yeah, but thank you for that. Like, just the... We did just talk about that. If you want us to, like, hire you for something, just razz us, and we'll be like, yeah, you know what? You want to be our manager? Sure. Yeah, that's the way to get in here. If you want to get in with the bros... Don't come at us like all polite and shit. Say something mean wait, wait. and grab our attention. We might be starting something here. Do I don't I, know. I, all right. Like, we'll see how it goes. Like Pandora's box has been open, <laughs> sir. Uh, but for my rose, and I didn't realize it turned into a thread until right now. That makes me so much happier. This was in regards to our midweek episode as well, and also a moose knuckle. Oh. Yep. So on YouTube, at page let 13. She said, not me forwarding to Rod's moose knuckle offense. I can't believe I missed it the first time. Thanks a lot, vomit emoji. <laughs> Someone else commented, I was about to do the same thing. Someone else commented, me too. <laughs> so I got everyone to look at Rod's dick. Good job. The funniest part, and this is why we're married, Dev was like, oh my God, I saw it immediately. I was like, right? It was like right there. Yeah, I did not see right it in your all. face. Did you go back? No. Why? I'm going to screenshot. We had three episodes to watch. I'm going to screenshot his moose knuckle and send it to you. You can. I'm going to. Maybe I'll post it. Just sandwich so it in between pictures of it. you in a Christmas sweater on Thanksgiving, and oh I won't know what's going God. on. Oh, I wish I had the time to get a sweater made with Rod's moose knuckle on it. And then a Would moose. Would that be an ugly sweater? Yeah. I don't Depends. Know. I guess it depends yeah, you like how it? you look at it, but you know the way that I would Based make on the vomit emoji, probably not. But then I could have like a little moose on it, and just like a couple of like knuckles and like but surrounding it's just it. Rod's dick. It's Rod's moose knuckle in the middle, and then around it is like you know how they knit it in, like a knitted moose, alternating with like just uh like the fist emoji for knuckles, like you're getting punched, and it just be back and forth all around Rod's moose knuckle. That would be a we wonderful We have anybody that sweater. can sew or crochet or anything that Steel's talking this about? This sounds up your alley and you want to send us some, <laughs> some mock-ups? I'm all for it. Wait, chat GPT. Let's use AI for something good for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we want. <laughs> Should we go off on that tangent? <laughs> anyway, we've rambled long enough. Let's get into some Bravo. And up first, we are in... Roslick, and this was a good episode. This is a good season overall. I'm really enjoying it. So let's dive right into the beginning. We start out with Lisa and Whitney, and Heather gives them a call and says to Lisa, she wants her to intro her for her book event. And I guess what we have for Heather is she's on a book tour. She's ending her book tour, which was international, by the way. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. 
She's ending it in Salt Lake and wants Lisa to intro her to everybody. But the focus of this scene was the recap of the PRISM event. And this scene paints Lisa Barlow perfectly. This is exactly who she is because Whitney was mortified about what happened. It's like you guys were screaming back and forth. You were yelling, causing a scene. Instead of being like, I know it was so embarrassing, I'm so sorry, because you were party to it, whether you felt like you were the aggressor or not, you were party to this nonsense happening at her party that was literally during a sound bath. Yep. It could not have been a more inopportune time for you to be an asshole. Instead of saying that, she says, what did I scream? What did I scream? Tell me what I screamed. It's like, that's not the point. We could hear what you screamed. Yeah. The and whole point. It flashes back, and it's you saying, don't talk to me, which you are trying to act like you were trying to shut it down. You weren't. You were part of the problem. In this moment, just say, my bad. You're right. That was embarrassing. She'll never do that. I know she won't, but it's like, how can you not see past yourself in that moment to be like, yeah, that was really rude. That was an event for you, and I made it about myself. And in this moment right now, I'm still making it about myself. Not only that, and you did say this whole scene did paint her picture of exactly who she is. I would even attach the Heather part of that. Heather's calling her clearly this is an olive branch. I feel bad about what's going on with the whole Mormon thing and Jack going on the missionary trip. And obviously you don't really understand where I'm coming from. Here's how I'm going to get back in your good graces. You want to be the star of the show on Friday? Like, uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Monica could call Lisa and say, hey, I'm doing a fundraiser. I want you to start it off with a song. Everything's good then. Because you know what? If Lisa gets to go show her face in front of a bunch of people and sing and rap and do whatever the fuck that was, she's going to go do it. And everything gets squashed immediately. And as we talk about later, we're going to be able to see all the collateral damage that that causes because Lisa doesn't care. She, she will not. flip a switch, and she does not care how it affects anybody else around her. I agree. But they bring up Angie and her getting along with Monica, and Whitney's the one to point it out. And we talked about it on The Brooke Ashley. We did a podcast with her yesterday, or YouTube, sorry. It was an absolute blast. If you have not seen it, go and watch. It's on her page, The Brooke Ashley on YouTube. We also did a live with Zach. That's also up on his page. So you got lots of Brav Bros content this week, so go check it out. Oh, yeah. But I made the point of saying Whitney is all over the map a lot of the time. You never know what she's going to say. But every once in a while, she pulls out this random nugget of information or this fact or she says a statement. You're like, whoa, that is so on the head. Where the fuck did that come from? And in this moment, she has one. She goes, Angie placates to appease you. Like she's placating to make you happy. She wants to say the right thing, do the right thing so that you guys are always cool because she's afraid of pissing you off. She's afraid of upsetting you. And she immediately deflects. Lisa immediately deflects that. And it goes again to a confessional with Whitney. And once again, she has a fucking zinger. She says, Lisa Barlow has one perspective and one perspective only. It is hers. If it is not her perspective or her opinion, she will not only disagree with you, She will make you out to be the bad guy because you don't understand where she's coming from, even if she's blatantly wrong. She's a person that could state a fact and you could show her, like show her an article that says you are wrong. And she go, well, that's just my opinion. I can have that. Yep. That's the kind of person that she is. And I hate those kinds of people. But she starts getting upset now. Now she's like, well, I don't care. And like she starts getting upset about Angie and Monica's relationship because she doesn't like the fact that Angie says one thing about Monica and then she does another thing and how she deals with her. And like, all right, fine. If someone's telling you that they hate somebody and then you see them hanging out, yeah, okay, I guess that could rub you the wrong way. But what Lisa doesn't understand is she's so 
over the top and she's so much that Angie's legitimately afraid to be like, yeah, we squashed our shit, man. We're cool now, but I don't know how to tell you that because I feel like then we're not going to be cool because you're not cool with Monica. Yep. And if you hate Monica, I'm supposed to hate Monica because if you hate anything, I'm supposed to hate it, even though that's not how life works. And that's exactly who Lisa is. And we've seen her for seasons do this. If she has beef with somebody, she will go on with it. She expects all of her friends or acquaintances around her to feel the exact same way towards that person, no matter what, because she has no perspective and she can't be able to see things from a different light. She has one focus, and that is, I don't like this person, so my friends don't like this person. However, she could stop at any given time and say, okay, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Like, let's just squash it. We're all right. You asked me to come sing at your party. I'm going to come over and sing at the party. I I forgive you. We're okay. She doesn't care that now Angie's put in a bad position. Angie can't go back to being friends with Monica because she completely cut her off because of Lisa. Mm. And now it's a hard issue for everybody to kind of face. The right move here is Angie. Angie's doing the right thing. She sat down like an adult with Monica. Monica is capable of sitting down like an adult, which, you know weird didn't expect to see that sat down squashed everything had perspective shared some stories got to know each other on a deeper level great love to see that as part of an apology lisa will never do that there's no deeper level with lisa it's either it's all about me or it's not about me those are the two things yep i agree and the perfect end to this scene is she starts dropping f-bombs left and right and the kids I think it's it's Brooks. Whitney's son is like peeking around the stairs like, what's happening in here? And she's just saying fuck over and over again. And I don't know about you, but I don't go into other people's homes and just start dropping F-bombs and getting loud. And then when Whitney's trying to explain what the problem is, and sure, she went long-winded. She kept repeating herself over and over. She's like, I got it. I got it. I understand. Understood. I got it. And Whitney keeps going. But it goes to a confessional, and Lisa's like, rule number one. Don't make your guests uncomfortable. No. Rule number one, leave the kids out of it. Rule number one, subnote, don't say fuck in front of the kids over and over again and then defend yourself for saying fuck in front of the kids. You, If anybody cussed in front of her kids, yep. she would lose her goddamn mind. Easily. Like and- She would be like, do not say that in front of sweet Jack Barlow. You're going to burn his Mormon ears. Get out of here. But if it's Whitney, now Whitney is the problem, and her son's the problem, probably. And as uncomfortable as it was that Whitney had to keep repeating it over and over and over again, I kind of understand it, because Lisa was still talking over her, uh... saying that she understood before Whitney was finishing sentences. You're right. So I think Whitney's correct in the sense that Lisa's not actually listening to me. She just knows, okay, yeah, the kids are here, I'm going to stop saying that. But she could easily come back the next day and forget all about that, because she wasn't listening. Yeah, that's a very good point. But moving on from there, we get Heather and Mary, and we've been teased this scene for, even before the season aired, of the inbred comment. Like fucking six months. I know. But we get to the house finally again, and after seeing more of it, that's a horror house. <laughs> yeah, dude. That is a scary, I am petrified scary of that house. house, right? Like, if imagine taking an edible and walking around that place. No. Like you that, can't make me. That would be a fucking nightmare. You can't even make me imagine. The colors, like, like nothing makes sense in there. It's honestly a perfect peek inside the brain of Mary Cosby. Yeah. Just chaos, but it makes sense to her. And Heather saying that she wanted to see this house for a long time. I'm excited that you invited me over. I don't think it was, I want to see this house because I know that you have really nice things and I'm looking forward to how you styled your house. I want to see how batshit crazy your house yeah. is because you're nuts. Yeah. And it it lived up to the hype for it sure. Absolutely delivered. But they're chit-chatting and Mary's like, 
I just feel like we've always had a connection. Heather's face in that moment, she's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, doesn't even say a word. And Mary just keeps talking. And then she gets upset about what was written in the book. She said nothing but nice things about Mary. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for, because we haven't read the book. I was waiting for something horrible. Like, she runs a cult. We don't know where Mary gets her money. She's married to her grandfather. Step-grandfather. That is important. You're right. It's an important <laughs> distinction. I do that every time. No, Barry absolutely just downloaded the PDF document, control F, typed in Mary Cosby, and then read that. She didn't read a goddamn thing after that. She but doesn't she care. She's pissed about it. Yeah. Why? I she don't know. Nice. I thought Heather was, you made me sound bougie. It's like, look around your, your fucking house, bro. Your, your whole house is Tiffany blue. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. With those crazy chairs and then the Chanel pillows. Like, there's a, I don't know, man. I want to see inside of her son's wing. Which we have never discussed the fact that, did you see the Instagram post with him? No. You didn't? No. Dude, it's like, he's popping pills, he's got like an ounce of weed, he's doing drugs openly on his Instagram account and posting about it. Sick. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> That's badass. It's not badass. It's fucking stupid. It's really dumb. But regardless, oh yeah, and his wife does the same thing. There's like a on her page. It's I want to see that her. wing of the house. That wing of the Actually, house. I don't know if I, I don't do. want to see that wing of the house. I think I, I don't want to go in this home anymore. I'm good. There's I've bad vibes enough. in that. There's yeah, bad spirits in there. Bad spirits in that. We need Eagle we need Woman with to crystals. cleanse the house. Yeah, we need people with crystals. Sound we need bath. Eagle Woman, sound baths, uh, a couple shaman. Yeah. Everybody that, get in that. Is shaman the plural of shaman? I just thought so. I don't I know. I could tell I that was a choice you made. Yeah, I think yeah. There's choices you make in life, and that was one of them. <laughs> shaman the plural. <laughs> Shamai. 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 Okay, there we go. We got it. But Heather addresses the fact that over the past year or so, everything's been a little contentious. Everyone's been saying things a little over the top. She is referencing her book, and she wasn't even over the top about Mary, but I think she's trying to clear the air. And Mary like, doesn't understand. And she's like, well, it's like the inbred comment. You told me that I looked inbred. Do you think I look inbred? And she goes, I do. <laughs> Just flat out. Like, I do. And then you get a confessional of her being like, oh, Mary, you're going to pay for that one. It's like, no, you said it to her. You said it again. To her. It's not like you're watching you say it behind no. closed doors. You said it to her face. And you're not going to pay for that because I don't think Heather's going to come back for that one. You can't. She came back and said, yeah, you made an inbred comment. You doubled down. I don't think Heather's going to touch on that ever again. Probably not. And then Mary says, you know what? I'm proud of you. Oh, good. Thank God. Yeah, thanks, I don't Mary. think I could write another book without Mary Cosby's approval. Like, the funniest thing, here's the funniest thing, the most ironic part of calling Heather inbred. You're married to your grandfather. And that time I'm not saying step. You're married to a family member. You psycho. What are we doing here? Like, honestly, honestly, who throws a shoe? Like, I just, <laughs> I just don't understand how she operates. I'm done with her. I'm over it. You're completely done I'm with it. You don't want her at all. No, I don't need the side comments. Definitely don't need the inbred comments. I don't need to go in that house ever again. Like, I'm cool. You I'm over. wanted more from her. And now I'm done. I've had Yeah, this, but this is your fault. Not really. If, if Bravo just listened to me in the first couple episodes, they would have just left her as I a doing funny it relief. From a stance of, this is their jobs. You need to let them do more on screen. I get it, but it's One way Cosby. or the other. Okay, but now we know. You're reaping what you sow. But now we know. What you, what's the past tense of sow? Sowed? So, oh, man. Sued? Reaping what you've sown? Sown, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Shamai. <laughs> um, but moving on, we Shimmy, get to see... Shami. 
Yes. <laughs> Behind the scenes of Meredith and Seth's podcast. And it's a very emotional scene. I actually appreciated Seth, who I do believe to be a robot. I appreciate him opening up about a tough time in their marriage where he didn't even recognize that she needed more from him. He takes full accountability. He has a very touching moment. I wish I was there more with the kids. I thought I was stuck on the traditional role of a man and a husband where I provide, you do everything else. I apologize. I'm sorry. He starts crying. This is good shit. This is stuff you want to record on a podcast. Good podcast shit. This is the kind of thing that goes viral. Guess what? Didn't press the record button. You know they absolutely recreated that scene. Oh, without a doubt. Actually, we should listen to that episode. And I, I thought about it, but you know what? I don't want to listen to their podcast. <laughs> well, what's their? What is it called? Hanging on by a thread. Hanging by a thread, and they have like, like custom questionable, mics, they yeah, have custom headphones. We still have the same fucking things that we bought when I went to Guitar Center that fateful day, that fateful Saturday morning when I went in there, and what that that kid looked at me like I was a loser because I was another. Here's another guy. Coming in here saying he's starting a podcast. <laughs> well, let's just get this out there. At least our podcast is pretty cool. Yeah, I think we're pretty I'm neat. I'm not listening to Meredith and Seth Hanging podcast. by a thread? No. That's <laughs> also like a terrible name for a podcast. Is your is your marriage dissolving? What's going on? That's the implications. Are there. you okay? Are, that's what the podcast should be called. Are, are we you, okay? Are we okay? <laughs> are we good? <laughs> Listen next week and find out. Are we good? I don't know. I don't know. But moving on, we get to Monica, and she's at home with the kids, and LD shows up. But before we get to that, we talked about this with Brooke a little bit. We talked about it with Zach a little bit. Monica just had a bunch of stuff come out in the press. I know where you stand on this, but I want our audience to know where you stand on this. So I'm under the impression of because of this stuff coming out, it does paint her in a different light for me. I know we haven't gotten anything proven. I'm not saying that, you know, nail her to the cross. I'm saying... The lawsuit against Heather's business after the payment plan went through under a different name, to me, that raises a lot of red flags. That calls into question a lot of her behavior during the show. This does not call into question her mother, LD, a.k.a. Linda, is a disaster regardless. She's also on Twitter now, won't shut the fuck up trying to like defend herself, making herself look worse. Like She's a, a lunatic. I'm sure there's a couple of shitty podcasts out there that want to interview her, too. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I have a few in mind. I could name five off the top of yeah. my head that all of you have heard of. We're not going to do that. We're not starting any beefs tonight. But what is your take? So I, for me, I'm not out on Monica, but it does make me look at her differently. I'm going to be much more analytical, and I try to watch these things without outside noise. I just yeah. want to watch it from the scope of this is this season. Let's see what we've got. But because yeah. of this, it has it has forced me to look at it a little bit differently. How are you feeling? I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit last week on, uh, I guess, when the news first broke and we were talking about it and how I was upset that Monica and Heather are obviously going to be kind of at odds next season because of all of this. And I wanted them to be sort of like a power duo because it seems like they both at least think logically, if nothing else. So this could damage that outlook for sure. However, Monica's told us who she is the whole time. Mm. You know, she talked about going to buy that bag and how she felt really bad about it. She doesn't have a lot of money. And this is one of those things that just happens. I wish that she hadn't done it and crossed that line of business and personal life going to Heather. She could have gone to any place in the world to go get the injections. Instead, she decided to muddy the waters. I don't think that this was one of those things that she went into it thinking, all right, I'm going to pay $400 down, $49 on top of it, and then I'm just going to cut it off and sue them back and say that they fucked some shit up and I had to go get it fixed. I think that more than anything, wouldn't she want to 
not muddy those waters? Like, wouldn't she try everything possible to make it work and pay the things I guess that she needs to pay? I guess that's it makes me look at it differently because this is a strange approach. Knowing that you're going to be on the show with this woman again. Right. Hopefully, if you're coming back for season two. Yeah. But that's why for me, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of things here she could have looked at before going forward with this. Maybe talk to Heather before suing. Like, Heather was blindsided by it. She had no right. idea. Because she saw she was getting sued by Monica whatever. Right. Not Monica Garcia. So then when she someone- using her married name? Yeah. Yeah. She did. Did she think that that was like a, a spy move? I don't like, know. Like I'm going to use a different and, name. And you know, then playing devil's advocate, it's like, well, maybe she didn't want her name because she's getting injections and like doesn't want people to know that she's going to get work done. But I don't think that's the thing. I don't that's think why, that's the thing. I think so, she's pretty open about anything like that. I do too. So that's why for me, I'm like, all right, well. I think that this this is the type of shit that happens all the time, though. I feel like any sort of, when there's a payment plan available, this happens way more than anybody really thinks. Okay. It's just weird to see a housewife do it because we're so used to housewives that can afford things. And then when something happens like embezzlement or they lose a ton of money on a business venture and then they end up you know, losing their net worth... Those are the things that shock us. But Monica has been, you know, middle class or a little bit higher than middle class probably for the entire season. And she kind of came in like that. So I'm not really surprised by the move. Okay. However, I like I said, I it sucks that it has Heather implications. And that's kind of like the biggest takeaway for me. I don't really care about any of that shit, though, because Monica is who Monica is. All right. Fair enough. But back to the show. LD shows up and Monica tells the kids to lock the door behind her. And when she gets out of the car, she says, I come bearing gifts, which is the worst possible thing you could say to somebody after you stole their car for a few days. And that was the gift, which is not a gift. I, no, I thought she was going to break out presents. I was like, all right, like, what do you got for the kids? No, you're actually just saying, here's the present. It's your car. That's not a present, LD. Nope. That's a terrible present. You're a terrible person. Then she says, I was just trying to get your attention. What are you, five? They both mom. operate. They both operate like that, though. That's true. Every time that they get into an argument together, it brings you back to Monica being like a 14-year-old and her being in her 20s and not knowing what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. That's kind of where their relationship stopped. It just never evolved past that. And obviously, from what we understand when they talk to each other, there are good moments here and there. I don't really like any of the people that are po pointing out that Monica brought her mom on the show for a storyline. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to I'm me because this is pretty vibe. fucking real. It seems pretty real. Like, Linda is... Why would you want to put yourself through that? Why would you want to put your kids through that? Because your kids are the ones who are making those comments. Like, when she left, her oldest said, do you want us to lock the door? Like yeah. Her kids are pretty cognizant of what's going on That's in that relationship, and they're a little afraid of their grandma. That's... That sucks. That is not something that you just bring willingly into a show with cameras already. There's a ton of pressure. You don't want to put yourself under that kind of microscope. You want to show that like you have a nice family. I think, more likely, her mom is the one who said, oh, you're going to be on this show? I'm going to start showing up a little bit more. Once oh. you start showing up a little bit more, those raw emotions come back up. Maybe they didn't see each other a whole lot because obviously Monica was kind of keeping her at arm's length. But, I mean, that's a troubled relationship. You want your mom to be in your life. I think the best thing that could come from all of this, they actually do go to therapy and take it seriously. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But that would be nice to see if they do go to therapy and try to figure something out and her mom can go into it trying to repair a damaged relationship because that would be nice well i hate to break the fourth ball but we can tell by the tweets going on right now from oh, yeah. ld that that did not happen or if they did go to therapy she know how to use twitter plan. i don't know get twitter out of these people's hands <laughs> but she makes her walk home which is a great move and then we get to heather's book tour and lisa is just flat out ignoring angie 
like like a five year old. Like yep. she can't get over herself to just like acknowledge that she's in the room. And if you go back and rewatch the scene of them arguing, at the very least, Monica was not trying to pit Angie against Lisa. She wasn't making her choose. She was actually highlighting the fact that Lisa's trying to make you choose, Angie. Yep. And that's not okay. And it's not okay. And like Lisa's acting like a clique in high school. Like you're not part of this group anymore because you like Monica and Monica's gross. And now you're gross by, by association. But, but I did not need this callback, but we got it anyway. Yeah. Here we go. We got Away in a Manger. Now Lisa's singing her hit song Away in a Manger, which I think she thinks is way more iconic than it hit? actually is. Hit song? I you call it not her a hit song. <laughs> it's a, a hit song. A hit song. <laughs> yeah, not by her. No, but I think that that was the joke. I was yeah, making a joke, yeah, yeah. like her hit single "Away in a Manger." The thing is, you were making a joke. She was not making a joke. No, she was dead serious. She was dead serious. And then she says she was bored of the song and didn't see this coming. I really, truly did not. We get a rap. We get L. I'm gonna call her LB. LB on the mic. Ever, I, ever. I could have really done without it. I, I hated it. Was I hated awful. that moment. But. but that's the thing is Lisa's looking out into this crowd and nobody's vibing along to what she's singing. Nobody cares. Clearly, Monica's sitting there like, what the fuck? What are we doing here? What is this? I yeah. don't want to watch this. I don't care what's going on over there. I'm going to keep talking. So she decides to go into a rap. No, the and rap was planned. The rap was definitely planned. But yeah. I think she had a backup plan in case the song didn't work out that well. Oh, you think? Maybe. Well, we get to Heather reading her excerpt from her book, and I really enjoyed this part. And we've heard so much about Bad Mormon. I almost said the Book of Mormon. We've heard so much about this book and all of the fallout from it, the shit that she's had to deal with, how the group receives her now, knowing that she has written this book. Obviously, all that shit with her and Lisa Barlow and Jack Barlow. We've never gotten to really dive into the book. Yep. And we get to hear, like, hear her reading it. And the impact that it had on her and like speaking out about it. This excerpt like really touched me. I was like, wow, I want to read this book because I want to know all the ins and outs of what she went through and seeing the people in the audience respond to her. Like afterwards, that guy comes up to her and he's like, I couldn't tell my parents forever. And there's so many people that must be struggling this, like with this outside of this TV show that we watch. And I didn't really, I guess, get the scope of it. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that. You know, it's a super successful book, objectively speaking. And I would love to die. I wish we got more of that, I guess. I wish they had cameras on more of the book tour because I would love to see the reactions of people that truly resonate with this book because that shit. It that makes it more serious. It yeah. makes it like more impactful than it just being a housewife book that just popped out there. Like Bethany Frankel probably has seven fucking books, but oh. <laughs> it's not impactful. None of it is. But that was one of those things. Yes, I, I understand when people are coming out there. That's when I kind of it, it felt real to me. Rather than it being like a joke book, it it popped up as like, wow, this is touching more people than watch the show even probably. It's just something that, you know, this is what I've gone through with the church. I'm sure a lot of people have gone through this as well. Read my story. It resonates with you, makes you feel a little bit better because you're not alone. And that's really nice. However, I don't think that airport story happened. You don't? Nope. Why? I think it's completely made up. I don't. That seems way too good to be true. Maybe embellished, you know, but I don't Embellished where? That, like, he was hiding his missionary tag and... Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I, I, I think, think it's... You're just a skeptic. I, I definitely am a skeptic, for sure. Yeah, no, I like that. And look, regardless of, like, how much of that actually happened, like, the point hits home. I appreciated yes. the story. Both can be true. I, mm, I, I don't appreciate your skepticism here. No, I'm just going <laughs> to flat out say it, but... 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Heather and Lisa have a chat afterwards. And, you know, they're glad that they're able to at least sit down and talk to each other and hear what they have to say, except... Heather hears Lisa. Lisa doesn't hear Heather. And I am made aware of that because she keeps insisting that Heather's on this journey. You're on your journey trying to find yourself. You're trying to figure it out. As she said before, no, she's arrived. She's just existing now. Now she's in her new life and she's navigating the waters of that. It's not a journey of trying to find herself. Bad Mormon, beauty lab, found herself. Those two things. Is it tumultuous at times? Absolutely. Do you get sued? Yep. Does everybody in the church hate you? Yep. But guess what? I'm here, baby, and my my daughters are here to support me. They give me support for a second book. Like, all these positive things. She's good. She doesn't need your blessing, Lisa. No. But what Lisa does, and this really pissed me off, and it was such a one-off moment, but Heather was talking about why she wanted to get involved with Jack. She's like, this book, this is what I was trying to say to you. I don't, I'm not saying don't go. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't send him. All I'm saying is can I talk to him and give him some perspective of what to look forward to or what to be careful of or what just what to be ready for. Right. Lisa says, Jack's mission is a completely different experience than what you went on. No, it's not because these missions are all encompassing. They send Mormon kids on missions for two years. They go, they preach the word of the Book of Mormon of Joseph fucking Smith, try to convert other people to Mormonism, and that's their life for two years. So please explain to me how Jack's experience is a completely different thing than Heather's. Well, one, Jack is not in Columbia. Jack will not be going to Columbia. He is in Orange County. Because there's a are, visa problem or they, whatever well, the fuck. It came out again, I, and they deleted the post too. Yep. But no, he's just flat out not going to Columbia, mm-hmm. which that's bullshit, man. If you, get, if you pull that, you got to go. You have to go. That's the whole goddamn point. Yep. You have to go. You 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 don't have this privilege, and that just kind of hangs on. They do have this privilege? They do. Well, they do, and that hammers home what Heather's been saying for fucking weeks. Lisa lives in a world of Mormonism that does not exist to everybody. It only exists to Lisa Barlow because she's so she has once again zero perspective. One, she didn't read the goddamn book. Nope, not an ounce of that book was read. So she has no idea what Heather's even talking about. If she had read the book, or if John read the book, maybe somebody in that family would say, "Holy shit!" Like. This is crazy. This is what Mormon church is like. Yeah. This isn't what we do. No. You don't do Mormon church. This is very clear to all of us. We're looking at all of this, and you are holding on to this, I've got such a good Mormon family, and Jack's going on this mission. He's not going on the mission. He's going to Orange County, which, by the way, who the fuck cares? Like, what, are you going to convert some Mormons into Orange County? Like, that's not, whatever. 
not here nor there. He should have to go to that uh, island in, I'm regretting this already, the island <laughs> in the Pacific that doesn't allow outsiders in there. Remember that one more, or the, I guess it was a Christian missionary that had to go out there and they ate him alive. That's where they need to go to get some goddamn perspective, all right? <laughs> That's a horrible thing to say. Oh, yeah, but it's okay. That was kind of funny. But moving on, Angie and Meredith are having a talk, and they're still at odds, obviously, because of the rumors that Meredith didn't say. She implied that there was rumors that could take down her family. Monica's the one that flat out said it, but as we've seen in the past, that's what Meredith does, plants a seed, lets it grow via somebody else's mouth. So Angie's upset because you threatened to ruin my family. And Meredith's like, I threatened to. It doesn't mean I'm going to. It's like... <laughs> I actually love that line. It's a funny <laughs> it's line. It's a great line. But at the same time, she just dismisses her, gives her a half-ass apology and walks away. And in this one, again, I'm like, dude, just say sorry. All of you guys are so, like, stuck up your own ass. Like, just apologize. Yeah, you she's wrong. She's not going to. Nobody will. I just... I, what I want, and it's so weird and did not see us getting to this point, I just want Angie to move on. I do too. I feel bad for Angie. But you know what? It's this so confessional. Weird. She's her, such a good Greek woman. Her, <laughs> her <laughs> confessional, though, proves to me that she, she has hit her stride. She's no longer forcing things because her comment was great. She mm -hmm. goes, this, her apology, it feels fake. It feels shady. Feels like Meredith. And I was like, ooh. There you go. That's good. Now you Finally. know. You understand how this works. You have to do you have to do game tape. You have to do you the recon. Watch the film. You gotta watch the goddamn film. Go back in the season. See what Meredith does. She does not change anything. None of these people on these shows are that intelligent. They do not change their <laughs> tactics ever. They are not the brightest bulbs in the bunch, okay? They are very straightforward with what they do all the time. You can see it coming from a mile away. Just embrace it. Know that it's coming and get the fuck out of the way and then live your goddamn life. How to housewife. How to housewife. The last scene, we get Lisa and Angie at Lisa's and they're chatting. They haven't talked in a few days and they're trying to clear the air and just like trying to move forward. And as we addressed earlier, the, the issue that Lisa has is that Angie apparently says one thing and then does the other, which is not true. I mean, the obvious thing is he just doesn't like the fact that Angie likes Monica. Mm hmm but I'm glad that Angie speaks her truth and says, you know, I'm afraid to be clear because of your reaction to the birdhouse thing at Heather's house. Because Heather and Angie were at odds. I told you that, that we squashed it, and you had an issue with that. It's not even involving you, but because you have shit with Heather, you're now mad at Angie because Angie got a pass from Heather because she took the time yep. to go there, have a conversation, build a goddamn birdhouse, and clear the air. You have to put in the effort, Lisa. This is the issue. Lisa Barlow thinks that everyone's going to wait on her hand and foot because she thinks that Earth revolves around her. The whole world, everything is Lisa Barlow-centric, so she doesn't even understand. That's the crazy part to me. She does not compute that she can go there and do the job. She can go and bridge the gap. She's expecting it to come to her, and that's just Lisa Barlow in a nutshell. And instead of, in this moment, hearing her and hearing Angie say, these are the reasons I was afraid to tell you. Monica and I are cool now. I appreciate your friendship, but this is what's going on with me. And instead of Lisa being like, okay, I hear you. I understand where you're coming from. Maybe I overreacted. However, your friendship with Monica makes me a little uncomfortable. Not going to lie. Okay, cool. That's not what happens. Lisa says, you saying that you can't tell me because you're afraid of my reaction is a cop-out because you're weak. 
<laughs> Are you fucking serious? We've seen Lisa storm off from many a dinner, many an event, because she broke down. Yep. Does that make her weak? Yes. Yes, it does. In Everybody's fucking weak. So I, I don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but I don't get it because I just, I hate watching people act this way. Me too, man. It's I, just it's like, fun. it's tough to watch. And it's like, what, where are you living? Like in your own little world somewhere where nothing, nothing bad ever happens. And when things bad happen to you and you alone, you freak the fuck out. I don't think that she even remembers bitching at Angie about the whole Heather thing. She definitely does just because it hasn't been, she hasn't gotten an apology from Angie about Angie making up with Heather. That's the craziest part. She's still upset about the birdhouse thing, even after singing at Heather's event. How can you still be mad about you that? You are now cool with Heather. You were cool with Angie before that. You're no longer cool with Angie because you're not cool with Monica. What are you going to do? Like, at some point in time, everybody's going to turn on you. And this is, I'm actively rooting for it. I want everybody to realize what the hell's going on and stay the hell out at Lisa Barlow's way, and let her go live her own little life and try to pine for attention again. Because you know what? We saw that for a couple of years with her and Meredith. Now we're, we've got a standalone Lisa who's just, in her own mind, shining bright. She stinks. I, I don't care. I, I hate this behavior. I don't like watching it every week. It pisses me off. Just move the fuck on. Like Everybody needs to realize what's going on and just steer clear of her. Let her live her own goddamn little world life. You know what? Let her on. bury herself. Yeah. She will do the job for you and stop pandering. She's, but she's not. Stop That's the pandering. thing. She's just going to be like overly nice all the time and act like everybody's her best friend. Lisa? Yes. If everybody shuts her out, she's going to try to like pine oh, for their attention and show up saying. at their house, bring in like a basket, and then... Instead of talking to them about what they've been going through. She's going to yell at their kids. No. Yeah, she might <laughs> yell at the kids. She's going to sit down and start talking about her life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because she has no one else to talk to. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Maybe she'll finally start talking to her husband instead of her phone. No chance. Yeah. Poor JB husband boss. And now we are back with... Miami, bam, 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 Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. God, we need Pitbull in here somewhere. I don't care what happens or how he gets in, need Pitbull. I need to figure out how to use the soundboard correctly so I can download that and go, bam, 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 and actually have Pitbull go, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. We get in trouble for that? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's all we'll right. We'll deal with the repercussions Nobody's going to hear it. As long as nobody yeah. snitches. Yeah, none of you guys Listeners. snitch. Yeah. Hey. Snitches get stitches where we come from, yep. all right? Keep your mouth shut. If, I, if you hear Pitbull, you don't say shit to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but we are back in Miami, and it wasn't a super-packed episode. There's two things that I want to focus on, pretty much. Or three, actually. Okay. Give us three topics, then. The three topics. Topic number one is Gertie, obviously. Topic number two is Larsa and Marcus and that debacle. Totally flipped on that. And number three is Julia and Martina, and Gertie ties into that one as well. Yep. Can we focus on those? Is there anything focus else that you'd like three. to cover? Just because no, it's sir. a big episode, I want to make sure we, you know. Yeah, big focusing. episodes we'll go through scene by scene, make sure that we hit all the notes. But yeah. this one, we'll, we'll jump topics. around. So let's, let's start out with Gertie. But we start out with Larsa and Gertie, and what I thought was going to be a moment of, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I can't believe that I am still feuding with you about nonsense. Are you okay? What can I do for you? How can I help? That's not what we got at all. And I'm eating my words from last week because we were both under that impression. Like once she finds out, like we can't even fault Larsa because she's not expecting this. She gets the news. What's the first thing she says? How do you know? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? 
Well, I mean, does she get no note or she gets no credit for saying she could cry right now? She could. She cry. could cry. She could cry. Not gonna. <laughs> you no. Know, Not gonna. Good. But I could. I don't get it. That does not make sense in my brain. I get it. She's a complete asshole. But dude, like seriously, someone just told you they have breast cancer and your first response is prove it? <laughs> Pretty convenient. Yeah. Like, okay. Good timing. You called me fake and now you have breast cancer? Mm, skeptical. Like that's literally what it that's sounds pretty like. Pretty much what it was, yeah. But she almost puts the blame on Gertie. She's like, I said I was sorry. Like, why are you still fighting with me? Why are you and you didn't tell me right away. If you sat down in this conversation and just started to do that, Larissa, what's the hardest thing that you've ever had to do sitting down to a conversation? I don't know, like when you were getting divorced with Scotty or something. Like maybe, yeah. That is not even remotely close to what Gertie has to go through to tell her friends, the people that are close to her, that she has breast cancer. Give her a little goddamn grace. You're putting it on her. You're blaming her for not bringing it up right away. That's fucking insane. It's crazy. But I, that just tells you who Larsa is, man. Like she's so concerned about being in the right and getting vindicated and being like, I'm not fake. Admit I'm not fake. And then we'll address the cancer thing. She brings the fake thing up again. It's like, how are you focused on that right now? Focus on your friend. In your mind anymore. I have no idea. And on top of that, Gertie's like, Larsa, please. Like, Larsa, please. She's just trying to talk. And Larsa's, you're talking over her. She just told you she has a life-threatening illness. And your concern is that you are vindicated from this conversation? Well, we do have to understand Larsa's, I mean, she is going through it. Her boyfriend's been out of town for like three days at this point, so. Hey. It's been five days, <laughs> and that's a very long time for them. You have some goddamn respect. She's going through it. She's having a really hard time. The one thing that Gertie asks of Larsa is, hey, don't tell anybody, which is inherent, by the way. Yeah. A cancer diagnosis. It's not your news to share. It's not at all. That is a major thing to share with people. That is something that you do when you are ready, because Gertie might not even be ready for another like three or four weeks. Like She might wait until... She's about to start chemo and people are going to start noticing hair loss or something like that before she tells people. It's her timeline. You know what? She's comfortable with. Just clicked with me. I know what I know what Lars is going to do. Uh, obviously, it's going to come out that Larsa told everybody. Oh, yeah. Clearly. Probably at this fundraiser the next week. I know exactly what she's going to do. She's going to tell Gertie that she had such a hard time telling... Gertie had such a hard time telling Larsa. I figured that I could just tell everybody for you. That, oh, I want I'm being a good friend. I like that. I'm being a good friend I and telling everybody else because that was such a hard thing for you to do. I just wanted to get ahead of it and let everybody know so that they weren't so shell shocked. And then Lars is going to yep. get mad at Gertie for not understanding why yep. she did it. Absolutely. Boom. Thousand percent. Wait and see. Nostradamus. Book it in. The old Nostradamus is back at it again, <laughs> baby. But great at it from Miami here because we get six hours later. No, seriously, six hours later. Larsa says, I had the most stressful day. Yep. I, she makes Gertie's cancer diagnosis about her. And I know exactly what she's doing here. And it's disgusting. She is using Gertie's cancer diagnosis to garner sympathy from her friends at the party. Yep. She's saying, Gertie told me she had cancer so that they go, aw. Notice that she didn't do that with the group from the show too. She She only did that with her friends. Mm Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that move. It was a terrible move. I mean, she it's, tells it's, everybody it's in the group, but like she only did the whole, I had the most stressful day thing. Like me, 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 I, I, I. She's a piece of shit. Honestly, like that's, that's where we are right now. I, I was going into the season giving Larsa a chance because I said, you know what? Maybe she is good for the television show. 
She's not. She's just a piece of shit. She's just not a good person. Yeah. Like, if you can look at the situation and not see that you are so wrong and so disgusting for doing this. Let's just double and down. triple down. She groomed Marcus she's Jordan. Quadrupling. She she's <laughs> fucking, she babysat the goddamn kid when he was four years old. And now she's going to get engaged to this guy. And she's fucking him seven times a day, apparently. Uh, disgusting. She's a terrible person. She deserves to rot in hell. That's it. Let's leave it at that. Okay, cool. Well, we're at Marcus's welcome home party. And um, we do need to comment on this simply because how crazy it is. And I'm glad the rest of the group is like, this is ridiculous. He's been gone for five days. I don't like when I originally thought that I, I was like, oh, he's a sweet guy. Like, as long as they're happy, I guess. Who gives a shit? I mean, it's still weird to me. It'll always be weird. But whatever. Now I'm back on the train of this sucks. Because yeah. everything that they do, like they can't even have their own water bottle. It, the dynamic of relationships in the show is so strange. It's so, it's so toxic, fucking weird, bro. dude. And I don't like using that word. No. But they are so codependent. They all rely on each other so heavily. Poor Jody. And I said when we watched OC, I was like, you know what? Gina should be able to talk to Travis about her marital right. issues and like her divorce and stuff. Because when Gina does it, it's like one like every once in a while and it's a very serious conversation. It's like, hey, I'm dealing with this right now. I'm having a hard time. Lisa will get a text from Lenny. And call Jody. They're not honestly. Lisa and Jody aren't even that high on the list of toxic relationships for me. Uh, no, I mean, compared to the rest of them, I mean, I agree. But with Jody, it's like you know what, dude. If this is what you're going to do, and you know this, and you've already had a conversation about the fact that Lisa's going to talk to you about Lenny's shit. Obviously, Lisa is going through it currently. Yeah, it's not like she went through it, you know, a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago, and she's still talking about it. That would be brutal. I understand that, but she is going through it currently, and he's being a good boyfriend. So I'm going to put Jody and Lisa. Somewhere in the middle of the pack as far as toxic relationships go. At the very top is Alexia and... And Todd? And Todd. What a bizarre thing. At the thing. very top. There's so, it's so strange. It's the weirdest goddamn relationship. He's such a fucking... He's such a little worm. He's so squirrely, he's, dude. There's he's something wrong with weasel. him. Yeah, I don't, he, I don't like him. He derails it immediately. He's like, yeah, you know, like, there's one person there that I don't get along with. And I didn't want to go there, but... I was shocked when he walked in that house to the party. I was like, these are all the same people, Todd. And Marisol, of all people, says, wait, so you're going to show up at someone else's party, but you can't show up at a party in your own house? Marisol said that. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Marisol also, which we'll get into right now, cried as soon as Larsa told her. So that's a fucking reaction. That's a reaction. That was a genuine genuine reaction to something. And it's Marisol of all people. She even knocked over her drink because she's so distraught. Yep. Larsa doing this, sitting down, not only telling her own friends, which you know what? Larsa's going to do that regardless. Mm. Cameras are no. She's going to do that no matter what. I think the sitting down with the rest of the castmates is, I'm going to share some news with you because Gertie told me. So it's a me, me, me moment. Gertie told me before she told the rest of you guys. I'm going to tell you guys now. So I'm going to sit you guys down and talk about this before a party where Marcus is coming home and we want to all be happy. It's devastating news. The fact that she didn't even have the wherewithal to realize everybody in this group is going to be distraught for the rest of the party. This is your party. You want everybody to have fun, right? You don't sit down and tell them that news. This just goes to show you this isn't big news for Larsa. She doesn't care. She doesn't give a shit. No, I don't think so either. No, not at all, unless That's it's for her own motivation. It's awful to say that out loud, but honestly, like, given her reaction. I don't think it's that awful to say out loud. I'm girt, no, not like. For her, she sucks. I'm saying if you said that about anybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. But no, it's so upsetting. to, And I cannot imagine being Gertie, who is such a sweet soul, mm-hmm. like, watching this back and being like, you really don't give a fuck. Yep. Because you said it to multiple people. You barely, 
barely showed any emotion. It was clearly fabricated. It's just, it's such disturbing behavior. I really didn't like it. But the last topic that I want to talk about, the Julia and Martina topic, and we find out that Julia is, this is so sweet. It really is. She's not good at opera. No. But the sentiment she could be okay, it, though, if she keeps at it. She has a pretty good voice, I think. She just has no idea where the notes are. I don't think yeah. it's a, a tone-deaf problem. No. I think that singing opera is fucking hard, and she picked a really hard song to sing. I love opera. You love opera? I weirdly do. We could go to the opera together. I a couple weirdly, of tuxes. Uh, only if I get the, the spy glasses. The, what are they? Huh? The bifoc? No. What are they? Fuck. Monocle? No, it's you know it's like the it looks like binoculars on a like a stick. Oh, those little things, yeah, yeah. I don't know what those are. If we get those, I'll go with you. But I don't, yeah, I, I think that uh, a lot of opera songs are very moving. Honestly, like you throw, and I don't think it's opera, but immediately what pops into my head, which shows you how not culture. Phantom I am. of the opera. No, well, yeah, saw that on Broadway, but Gladiator. <laughs> 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 when he's walking through the field, you know what I'm saying. That's not opera. No, at not all. at all. Not even remotely. Not even an it, iota. You know what the funny thing is, though? What? I know the name of that song. Do you? What Elysium. is it? Elysium. <laughs> I, I do know the Gladiator soundtrack from front to back. It's my favorite movie of all time. There you so go. So I do know that that's You know exactly what, yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I know exactly no, what I, I'm I'm, saying. I am well aware that that is not opera. That's yep. just where my dumb brain goes. It's like, oh, yeah, kind of like Gladiator. <laughs> but... The sentiment behind her singing this for Martina is beautiful because this was a song that she would listen to during treatment. It's something that gave her hope. It's something that pushed her forward. It's something that gave her peace. And she wants to give her this gift. And it sucks that it it coincides with her missing the last treatment date of Martina because Martina thinks that she forgot. Mm -hmm. She may have forgotten the last day specifically, but she did not forget what she went through. And I think that once that scene plays out, Martina will realize, like, okay, like, you didn't forget. You were just preoccupied because you're trying to do something grand for me. Yeah. It's a tough position to be in, too, because sure. you don't want to spoil the surprise. But at the same time, I mean, you can still say, like, congratulations, like, this is so exciting right. without I, ruining the surprise. You can just, tell, yeah, you were preoccupied. And she was, though. I, don't, I think she did forget yeah. the, like, specific day. But I'm glad that, they, like, seeing where they are now compared to where we saw them at the beginning of last season. Yeah. To see Martina be like, yeah, you failed. <laughs> I love her. Her the way that she says the word choice she uses is fucking awesome. She's like, You failed. I was like, Whoa. Very straightforward. You, you failed me. And I was yeah. like, What did she do? <laughs> that hurt me. It like hits right yeah, to the core. Does. But the way that they're able to just like talk it out and then Martina says, It's okay. I love you. Needed to make you aware of it and wanted you to really feel it. But now we're cool. But Gertie joins the table and this is a cool scene. I mean, it's a, it's a sad scene, but it, it's cool because you see Martina who just kicked the shit out of two cancers at once, which is awesome. Yep. And sharing some insight with Gertie. And Gertie has a lot of questions, understandably so. And she's trying to figure out, what am I looking at? What's this going to be like? What's chemo like? What's radiation like? And Gertie's not even comfortable saying chemo, which I get. I don't think I would be either. Like, it's such a daunting premise. Right. And I don't think you can wrap your head around it legitimately unless you go through it. Mm -hmm. But I just... These are scenes for me that I, I really love them because it's real. This is so genuine. It's with three of my favorite people on the show. I love this trio. And just seeing Gertie be open and honest and actually have a conversation with Martina, who is so fucking tough, bro. She's talking about cancer like it's nothing. Yeah. And she beat it, so she has that right to do so. But she's like, I think if I'm Gertie there, 
that's instilling some confidence in me. Mm-hmm. She's not being an asshole about it. She's like, yeah, no, you'll be fine. Like, this is how it goes. Like, she's so blunt with things. Yes. That I think it makes it easier to process for Gertie. It doesn't get as emotional because it's like, this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to go through. You're going to be okay. It's going to suck, but you got this. And, and like, I think, like, the biggest thing to take away from really a scene like this is this is so genuine, so real. Yeah. So, like, real world and, like, actual life experience. Gertie's so interested in what Martina has to say because she's going to go through something very similar. She wants to know what it's all like. And Martina's there to provide that perspective facilitated by Julia. Mm-hmm. This is a really nice moment. It's a great moment. It's a great moment. I know, obviously, like you, what premise. you said, it's a very sad premise, but it's a really sweet moment. Yep. And that's such a nice way to, you know, kind of end the episode anyway. But it's such a nice way to end things because... Obviously, Gertie's got a long battle ahead of her. You've got two people at different ends of the spectrum right now, but it doesn't mean that they're not in it together. Correct. And the fact that Martina is able to sit down with her and have that conversation after kicking cancer's ass, after saying that she just struggled a couple of days ago with her last chemo thing, she's in a completely different headspace than what Gertie's in right now, but she can kind of put Gertie at ease, and that's really nice. And Gertie can also look at her and be like, okay, you did this. Yes. I can do this. I got this. Like, because you did it, I can do it. Like, it's just, it's supportive, and... The last thing I want to talk about, or the last thing I just want to touch on briefly is it kind of co and the last thing I want to touch on briefly, because it corresponds with this, the scene of Russell and Gertie when they're walking and talking about telling the kids and like the emotions that are in there, like, thank God that Russell's on this show. Oh, I know. He's so solid and normal and like a fucking husband. That's that their relationship's at the bottom of the list for for toxic. Yeah. No, because it's a real like they support one another. Like Gertie is so concerned about derailing Russell's life. Like my, mm-hmm. you don't need to be doing this shit and this and that. And Russell's like, are you kidding me? Like your problems are my problems. And I I have a confession. When he said I got your back and they hugged, I shed a tear. Did you? I actually shed a That's tear. That's okay. I I'm felt, not gonna get on your case. I felt it coming. Like you know, like the the throat that starts to like. Clench a little, yeah. like, oh no. Yeah. And then, and then when she hugged him after that sentence, I was like, fuck. And I got a little teardrop. <laughs> All it takes, it doesn't take a whole lot. But between that, obviously, very good relationship. The only other thing that I want to touch on the entire episode, it seems like Nicole and Anthony are just living a great life. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, that's like, a, that's a housewife life. Yacht shopping. They're out there yacht shopping and talking about sizing up in boats, getting pregnant again, planning the wedding, you know, after the second child, which she's pregnant now. Oh, she is pregnant. Yeah, she is pregnant now. Good for them. So now they're going to have a second child. They're going to go ahead and move forward in life and go yacht shopping. And they have a huge house. Like that, they are completely separate from the rest of the show. It's so funny. Gertie, yeah, they are. Gertie, Russell, Anthony, Nicole are in their own spectrum over here. Yes. They're not with these other people. Even to the enough, Marisol and Steve, you can probably put them over there. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on there. Steve doesn't talk. Even Nicole's mom. Thank God there's a normal mom. I know. She's just like, I'm just so proud of you. I'm like, cool. And she's like, I'm proud of you too. High five. It's funny because during that scene, I had to remember last year when Nicole's mom popped on, because obviously we know about her dad, but her mom popped on and I couldn't remember if there was beef there, if her mom was good or not. And as soon as she started talking, I'm like, oh, this is a good mom. Yeah. Good mom. There we go. Good mom. Good mom. (laughs) The dad. The dad's the issue. That's the issue. There's always one parent that's got some shit going on. The dad's the issue there. Let's finish this bad boy up. We got some Rob Hud to talk about, and this one was uh, interesting. It's in, it wasn't my favorite episode ever. It was a good episode, but it was an interesting episode. Yeah. And we start out with like the Magic Mike recap, and PK is talking to Dorit. 
via FaceTime and Kyle's talking to Mo via FaceTime. And they're two very different conversations. And this gets my brain churning a lot because we know for a fact, Dorit's even said it, PK and Dorit have had a tough year of marriage. Mm -hmm. We know that Kyle and Mo obviously have because they're still going through it right now. But when you get these two scenes side by side, see that? Not juxtaposed. Side by side. Side by side. When you get these scenes next to each other, there's another one. Technically, you did, well, whatever. Did I say juxtaposed? You still said it. I did, but I was just proving a point. I know. <laughs> but I guess I can't go an episode without saying it. I know. It. Ah, damn it. But for me, Kyle and Mo, that's clearly, they're, they're not clicking. Even in this scene, like, the way that they're talking to each other, it's very face value. It's just like, what's going on? Like, can you give me the girl version? Because Mo's really short with her, and then he doesn't really go that far into it. He does say that PK talked about some issues with Dorit, like what their marital issues that they're having, yeah. whatever. The conversation ends super quick. You flip to the other side. We know that they're going through it too. And I hate the way they talk to each other. It really bugs me. And she's like, oh, my bubblish. Bubblish. Oh, bubblish. Oh, my love. This and that. And I think to me, now my brain's going. I'm like, she's doing this for the camera because we know they're not doing great. She knows that Kyle and Mo are going through it on camera. So I think that she wants to paint the picture that her and PK are in a better place than Mo and Kyle. And I now it's so a competition. Also, there were cameras at PK and Mo's dinner. Can we not get more than that little I scene? More. Can we not get the entire goddamn dinner? S drop a YouTube. You've got cameras there, that, man. Because like that might give us some actual insight into how most. I, I did have the thinking that you know what? It's Mo and PK. They probably really didn't talk about anything that pertains to the wives the entire dinner, except for just that little excerpt. Whoever so the maybe they just did was that. probably reminded them, "Hey, you need to talk about it once." They're like, yeah. oh, right. Real quick, Mo. He did it right away because Mo had his jacket on still. He took his jacket off in the middle of the conversation. False. You don't think so? Uh, you know why? I think he got a little hot and heavy when he started talking about it. A little nervous? Maybe, but more so because I am a recovering alcoholic and I noticed drinks and his teeth were so red from red wine that they've been sitting there for a while. Fair. Yep. All right. I always, my eyes that. will even always. Even the black and white, you can see that? Bro, my eyes will always go You're to You weren't even booze. a wine guy. I know, but my eyes always, anytime there's booze, I can't help it. And it's not that I want to drink it. It's just like inherent. I can't look away. Maybe you eat a bunch of cherries. I get upset. This is not a joke. And I can't get it out of my system. It just is what it is. And I've accepted it. When people on TV don't finish their drink and leave. It well, that pisses me off. Too. I'm like, get fucking finish it, man. Yeah. Finish that. You please. paid for it. Like finish the drink. It's not even about money. It's oh, <laughs> nothing, okay. to, right. nothing to do with money. It has it's like just, $4 in that drink uh, right now. Just finish the fucking drink, man. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> I need it. I need to watch you do it. I can't, I can't shake it. But sober for five years, I can't shake that. But anyway, back to the important stuff. Uh, we get Garcelle and Sutton in a very funny gondola scene. I got to ask, is that man Italian? No. Or is that an accent? Not even at all. He's putting on an accent, yeah. right? Is he wearing a wig? I think it was a wig. I'm pretty sure it was a wig. Was it, that was some wild hair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a wig. Uh, anybody who's been to Vegas and has gone on the gondola rides, please chime in and let us know. Yeah, seriously. Because I, obviously people do that all the time. I thought it was weird in this scene that we had where everybody just kind of split up. Mm -hmm. Like, Why the fuck was Erica and Crystal sitting down for Crystal's birthday? Obviously the whole weekend is Crystal's birthday, but why was it just the two of them down for Crystal's birthday why lunch? everyone paired off as well. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know if that was a production thing or if they were like, all right, we need a break from each other after last night. Definitely production, I think. Okay. We're going we're gonna to pair everybody off. You're going to go talk to people about what happened and what's going on. That's what I think. Okay. And then I guess that makes sense. But I do like the pairing of Crystal and new Erica. 
I do too. New I Erica's, liked that. I really like New Erica first off, and Crystal and Erica is a great duo because what Crystal can get from Erica is I think that Erica will pull her out of her shell even more. And again, like we've we talked about it a lot just because we had the interview with Crystal and she made a point to tell us like they cut a lot of my shit from last year. Right. To, so I kind of appear dull, like I don't bring anything to the table. So I think that that duo right there, because you know Erica's going to be loud. She's a showman. At the yeah. end of the day, she's a showman. So if Crystal can attach her wagon to that and kind of, they, I think they complement each other well. I think so too. Weirdly enough, which I wouldn't have been able to say last year, but watching this scene with the two of them sitting down, you get so much out of Erica and it's because of the questions that Crystal was asking. Yeah. Crystal felt comfortable enough to ask questions about Erica's life and where she is now. Would you go back and change anything? No, 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 no. Would you go back and do that again? No, definitely not. Mm -mm. But you get like some actual raw emotion and perspective out of Erica, which shows one that therapy's helping for yeah. sure. And whatever this new outlook is for Erica on life, where she's obviously lent, she's not fighting, but she just seems way more at peace. And she even said as much. She seems just not defensive. I think is yeah. the best way to. But she's like, and she says that she's not on the defense anymore. And you can tell, like we're getting. A much better Erica on screen, even yes. more so than with Tom, because I think with Tom, she was in a bad place in her marriage, mm -hmm. and she was acting out as well. So now we're getting, I'm sure we'll still have some blowouts because she's Erica Jane, but it's much better to see her be like cool, calm, collected, Yes, and then she can erupt a little bit, and then she can bring it back to the, this Erica. I like the newfound Erica Jane. She's had, I agree. I, I call it day one, baby. Day one, baby. EJ, come back here. Hello. But I got some, I got a bone to pick with everybody in this goddamn cast because it drove me crazy. Dorit's talking to Kyle and they're at their lunch and Dorit doesn't know how to eat a sandwich. That bugged the shit out of me. That was <laughs> that was bizarre. uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, I don't, don't do that. If you're listening, please don't but eat sandwiches like that. I do expect Dorit to eat sandwiches like that. Yeah, it's not surprising. It, right? I didn't like watching it, but that's exactly what I expected. It. She's also the person that eats pizza with a fork and knife. Yes. Yeah. But. They're talking about the drinking thing, and you know Kyle's been sober for a while, and Dorit mentions it in a way of like, you're not drinking, you're distancing yourself. Is it to protect yourself because of what you've been through and like get control of your life? And I think that's a I th I think that's an okay question. I, I really do. I think it's an okay question. Yeah. I think that she hit the nail on the head. Honestly, I think all of that makes sense. But when Dorit references the lack of drinking and says, you know, it just used to be fun to do this and do that with you. And like, you get drunk and like party with the girls. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was, man, but this is a personal choice that she's made. Mm -hmm. And we have to get a confessional from Garcelle saying some shit about it. Like I miss like splits. I miss this. I miss that. You get Sutton commenting on it, like about a midlife crisis. Everybody shut the fuck up about her decision to be sober. It yeah. is her decision to be sober. And I think that that's, that's kind of what happens in that. I feel like that's par for the course when you make a decision for yourself because of behavioral things where you didn't have this huge life crisis. You didn't have this like rock bottom moment, rock bottom moment yeah. where your body was failing or you got into a huge car accident while drinking the entire night. You just made a decision for yourself. I feel like you... People are going to ask questions about that, and that's got to be the most annoying aspect of this. Yeah. And that's got to be the most trying aspect because you don't have that, okay, well, no, this makes sense. You stopped drinking because you were literally drinking yourself to death. Or you got you a stopped DUI. Drinking, or, like, or you got a DUI or like whatever, you know, Shannon. If Shannon stops drinking, people are going to say, okay, that's probably for the better. not going to ask her any questions. Yes. But when Kyle does it, there's a lot of shit going on in Kyle's life. This is like a perspective issue, of course. You can't sit there as Dorit, as Kyle's closest friend. Be able to hit the nail on the head so easily with 
there's a lot of shit going on in your life and you feel like, you know, you're trying to work through it. You're removing yourself from drinking. You're doing this. You're working out. You feel like you're living a clean, healthy life to try to get yourself through your hard times. I get that. And then in the same breath, be like, but I miss you drinking. That doesn't make any sense. That's, that's sense. counterproductive. And it just it drives me nuts because it's just insecurities of other people being placed upon people bettering themselves. It goes back to her working out in the morning. Yeah. You have an issue with her being like healthy and fitness. Is there some merit to Dorit saying she's living in extremes right now? It's unsustainable? Absolutely. I think that, yeah, the, the working out thing is just, uh, I mean, they've known her for so long and now all of a sudden she's working out at 5 a.m. when That's she didn't used to do that before. the same thing as drinking. They've known her for so it long is. and she used to drink. Yeah. My point is just because she's doing shit that doesn't make sense to you or she's doing shit that you wouldn't do or maybe you're a little bit jealous that she's getting in great shape and waking up and working out while you're still hung over as balls eating and drinking in the morning. I think there's some semblance of worry there, though. I don't think that it comes all it. from, like, jealousy or judging or wondering what's going on in her life. I feel like there's, like, all right, you are living in extremes. What the fuck's going on? The extremes thing, yes. Yeah. I, I said that when Dorit brought up. I said that's a good point. But when you're now at dinner with everybody and you order a non-alcoholic beverage, you shouldn't have commentary. Nobody no, should everybody be like, knows. how long is this going to last? None of your fucking business. Yeah, it's no, that, absolutely that none too. of your business. If she wants to be sober for the rest of her life because she feels she's a better person, none of your business. You're trying to push her off the wagon. What a weird, weird thing to do. And you wouldn't do that with anybody else. Like you said, if it was somebody that had a major issue with alcohol, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be pushing that button. Why do you need her to drink with you? By the way, to Kyle's credit, she got up on stage. She got up on stage at Magic Mike and got yeah. She's still having fun. Like yeah. that's she was the first one on the bull. Yep. So leave her the fuck alone. Stop. I yeah. Hate I'll, it. I'll never understand really hate that. It. I, that that pisses me off to no end. And I I'm sure we're gonna hear about it again. And it's only gonna make me more and more mad. But we're talking with Kyle and Dorit, and they are. This is where they get into their marriages. And this is the first time we see Kyle break down a little bit about it. It's been a long time coming. She's referenced it a little bit. We know Dorit knows already, and this is just her trying to do it on the camera. But Kyle starts crying, and she's saying, I'm unhappy with the marriage. You know, I'm focused on me right now so intently, and Mo is so focused on the agency and growing his business, and a big part of that's going out, being social, partying, drinking, all of these things that I don't want to do anymore. And, you know, they asked the cheating question later and the rumors about infidelity come up, which I'm glad they actually brought it up on the show. It's not just yeah. us like spouting it off every week. But to see her conversation with Dorit and then see that scene where they're asking about infidelity, would you be able to stay, whatever. I don't know if there's firm evidence that Mo ever cheated. I'm sure the rumors get old and tiring. But her explanation of how they're like slowly kind of drifting apart. Mm -hmm seems legitimate to me it does yeah I, I really do think that this is not just for the show i don't either i, I don't either at all anymore like any any semblance of that that i had is gone i i think it's exacerbated a little bit obviously because you're on a tv show and there's sure. cameras everywhere but it makes sense to me that one this has probably been going on longer than anybody realizes mm -hmm. fine maybe even longer than kyle and mo realized maybe they were just kind of doing it inherently and obviously they've got a lot of business going on on mo's side and they've got the family whatever but the one thing that you can get from this scene is there's no way they're just acting and just no. pushing through this and they're going to make a huge storyline and they've actually been separated for a bunch of years. Like, I, I don't get any of that from this. No. I get that this is, it seems pretty real. And a lot of that could have to do with the changes in Kyle's life. You know what? For better or for worse, this is what's happening. 
Kyle decided to make a decision to stop drinking, to start working out. She feels a little bit better. And now maybe she's focused on the things in her life that she was kind of blindsided by in, in the past. She didn't realize how much Mo working constantly, going to these social events really bothered her. Now she does. Now she has a new focus on life. She has a new lease on life, if you will. And she's starting to realize maybe this is not best for me and my happiness. I just hope that at some point they get to, and I think we do get to see that where they sit down with the whole family and they start talking about it. At least try. I mean, now that you realize what's going on, you're both kind of realizing it and you're getting a little snippy with each other. At least sit down and have a discussion about where are we currently? Yeah. And we better be able to see something like that because that's going to push the narrative even further. And we're going to have a little bit better of a grip of a handle on what's actually going on. Yeah. I, I think that we're going in that direction. The only thing I'm nervous about is we haven't heard anything substantial and the show's been done filming for a while. Yeah. So. But that might be good. That just might be. You know, the end of the season is they don't know where they're going, which and is we okay. don't know and what's like, going on. And yeah. we haven't also haven't heard a whole lot of Morgan Wade stuff That's since, also you true. know, since that music video dropped, everything kind of died down. Yeah. Mo went out dancing with the stars. But other than that, we haven't really heard a whole lot of shit. Maybe they're in therapy. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Trying to fix, trying to fix a relationship. But after the dinner, you know, we, during that dinner, not much happens. You know, Erica has her revelation about money and, you know, that she's okay with who she is now. And she wouldn't want her old life back, as she said with Crystal earlier. And that she's just more conscious of spending. And that, you know, it's it sucks sometimes that I can't buy the bag. But at the end of the day, I'm okay with it. Because the bag that I do buy, I earned it with my own money. Yeah. I do have to point out, you know, you're probably making, like, close to half a mil for being on this show. That's not really roughing it. By any means, you got a show in Vegas. You got a show in Vegas. There's a lot of appearance fees. Hey, We're making a lot more money than most people. However, yes, props to you for rebuilding. I, I'm not yeah. taking away from the fact that your life was pulled out from under you, and you did what you had to do to get back, make your money, make your claim, like all of that shit. Great, that's fucking awesome. Good for you. But again, you're making like half a mil. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're doing all right. You earned it. You earned every fucking penny. But don't sit there and talk to us like you're making sixty. I'm okay with it. Living I'm okay with hills. it. Just because it's it's a drastic change from what she's used okay. to. All right. So you know what? Yes, just because she's making close to a million dollars a year with everything adding up, and she was used to being able to spend whatever the hell she wanted. And now she has to pay for rent, or is she renting, or does she own the house she, now? She said that she. Well, no, that was one of the things she said. She goes, "Will be, will I be able to buy a house?" It's yeah. Like, so she's still renting. So yeah, that's you, you know, should a big be thing. able to look. As long as you don't pump sixty grand into the rental. Hey, we dropped it again. We're not even we, talking about Patel. Once an episode, we yeah. just got to throw it out there. Just don't do anything stupid. It doesn't seem like she is. I actually like this, that she has that kind of outlook saying, you know what? I'm okay with the fact that I can't buy that bag because when I do buy something that I really want, I feel good about buying it because I got it with my own money. I, That's yeah. nice. It's all nice. I'm not, I'm not trying to take away you from You think it's going to last though? I do. I really do. I, I think don't. that. We're going to turn a corner at some point. I'm waiting for the other shooters. I think she's going to be like super peaceful all season. I think she's going to flip at some point. No, I, I, think, I think she's going to flip back to Erica of old. Full blown? Point. Yeah. Okay, I'm curious. I don't think so. But love the scene from the honky tonk. Not a lot to talk about there. The bull riding, um, you know, needs some work. But Mateo, the cowboy. You want to call him a cowboy? Yeah, you know, Mateo. <laughs> uh, I didn't like Mateo. <laughs> Why? Because he do because he's manhandling the women up there. For me, it's more so like he controls the bull, like he's making it move. He's doing it sexually. It was sexually. All right, 
That just ain't rubbing. Does that go for everybody? I don't know, but he was doing it. (laughs) How many mechanical bulls have you seen in your life? A lot. I've ridden. Do you feel that way about all of them? What do you mean you've you've ridden them? So do you think they were doing it sexually? No. When you were up there? No. Just Mateo. Mateo was, it was like slow gyrating movements. Like they're not supposed to do, like, come on, man. No, not. I don't know, dude. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know, dude. It's either all of them or none of them. I don't think. I'm not saying. All bulls, all mechanical bulls, all guys world? operating bulls. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're They're saying. Either all doing it sexually, or none of them are. I think a lot of them do. Okay. Mateo falls under we'll that. Go, here we go. We'll go down to Xfinity Live. We'll go to the PBR bar, and we'll just. Oh, yeah. there's a video of a Phillies fan just staring at a girl on the bull, like Thank he's in you. love. Oh, well, he wasn't. He wasn't doing. I've seen that. He one, wasn't actually. controlling the mechanical bull. But uh, let's keep going. We're getting sidetracked. We get the elevator ambush, and Erica makes it awkward, obviously, because she. She sees him, the the dancer from Magic Mike. The door is open, and there he is, standing there. And I want to believe so badly that this wasn't planned. I really want this to be a genuine moment. I don't think it was planned, because they all pointed out that it was great that he just showed up on the elevator. I think so, too, but there's always going to be that little voice in my head like, that might be production. Yeah, I know. But regardless, she takes the, the opportunity to kind of put Sutton in the hot seat. And, you know, Sutton has an issue with this on the Sprinter van later. I really didn't. I think that, you know, Erica's kind of kept her mouth shut about the whole incident and been pretty mellow about it. And it literally, if it was not planned, seems like a God moment where it's like, yeah. ah, gotta say something That's... now. Like the doors literally go, oh. They all, the guys had their stuff too. Like they had a bunch of their like, yeah, luggage or clothing or whatever they were doing. Forming Magic Mike in Vegas. Maybe they don't, I don't think they live in the hotel. You don't know that. Maybe they were just staying for the weekend. Why? Because they have houses. How do you know that? I don't know, Steel, well, but why the would they have that, stuff? I'm telling you, point. I don't think it was production. Oh, I know. I'm saying that, to me, that leans more on production, because where the fuck are they going? Did they not have a show that night? Probably not. It's Sunday. I don't know. Uh, that's the B Squad. Yeah, maybe the B Squad goes out Sunday magic, nights, and we got, we got Saturday night A Squad Magic Mike. And we get Magic Mark on, on magic, Sunday. Magic Mark. <laughs> no, I, I honestly... Oh, Miraculous Mark goes on Sundays. I like that. We didn't, I, yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with this at all. Again, because Erica has given us enough in the first couple episodes to show that she's changed a little bit, this is an opportunity that was given to her. She took it. Did she tell a lie? No. Not one thing that she said was a lie. No, it really wasn't. When Sutton was running out of there, she said she didn't like it. She said she hated the show. She said it was disgusting. She said all of those things. Erica could have actually said a lot more of what Sutton said to these guys and made it even more awkward. She censored herself a little bit, which I'm going to give Erica a little bit of credit for. She didn't scream it. She didn't scream it. It was a funny moment. It was. And if, you know what, if Sutton was a little more receptive to the jabbing, obviously she gets a lot of jabbing, so I get it. It might wear her down a little bit. You could have laughed it off. You could have said, you know what? Yeah, I'm really sorry. It just wasn't for me, but I'm really sorry that I walked out. She did say she was sorry. I'm okay with that. She genuinely seemed sorry. Exactly. And the only reason that it continued to the Sprinter fan is because Sutton allowed it to. Sutton continued it. Sutton went at Erica and said, you didn't have to embarrass me like that. She did. Those are her friends. Yeah. That, She's standing up for her friends. You disrespected them. This is only continuing because you continued it. You could have just, just gone yeah. to the Sprinter van, kept your mouth shut. Silence could have been golden. Silence is golden on your side. You didn't have to say a goddamn word, just left it to yourself, and nothing would have happened. So this is on you at this point. But what bugs me, and in defense of her a little bit, again, she was in the wrong this weekend, is what it is. But they talk about her like she's not there. 
I know. I, like, I, Garcelle's yeah. like, why don't you stand up for Dorit? And she's like, I'm not going to stand up for like, oh, I'm always the one going after. It's like, she's right That's there. a Garcelle and Dorit issue, though. I know. Well, Which we get into. Deal but with that else. Those two are not vibing. No. They don't click. And I don't. They're I don't, just different people. They are. So that like, makes sense to me, though. Yeah. Because but that's why I like Garcelle, because Garcelle understands we're different people. We're not clicking. There's nothing like obviously her and Eric are able to sit down at lunch, which nobody really expected. But here we are. Her and Dorit are just very different people, and Garcelle calls that out immediately. Mm-hmm. We don't vibe. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for us to really be friends because we don't see eye to eye. I don't really understand what she's talking about, and it seems really hard to have a conversation with her. It she is. calls it out immediately. Yep. I love that because we sit here and we say that. Why are you even trying to be friends with this person? Why are you trying to converse with them? You know how they converse, and you don't add up to that. Well said. And the last thing here is Kyle and Sutton at Sutton's. And this was a scene, man. This was quite the scene. We get, yeah. this was bizarre. And Kyle and Sutton are sitting there talking about Vegas. They're kind of recapping everything. And Sutton does seem a little off out of the gate. Like she doesn't seem totally present. I actually agree with Kyle on that one. And when she does the Erica impression, while well, I thought it was funny, it was, a, there's just, there's a weird air in there. Yeah. Just me. No, no. It, yeah, no. The whole scene was bizarre. Yeah, it just felt weird. It yeah, felt both of them just felt uncomfortable to yeah, me. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, who's trying to be her friend, seems very quick to, like, cuss at her and, like, all this other shit. And, like... Thank God the kids weren't home. Yeah, no shit. But I, we didn't see. There was a scene where Sutton and Kyle sat down and Sutton's like, I need you to have my back more. Like, I feel like we're true friends and I need you to have my back. Well, Sutton did not win this scene, if that's how you want to frame it. That does stand out to me because Kyle's never had Sutton's back. No. She's very quick to point out what Sutton's doing wrong. And then we'll like reel it in later and be like, doesn't even really apologize. She just mm-hmm. kind of is like, we're good now. It's all good now. And like pats her on the back and like Sutton and Kyle are cool again. I've never once seen Kyle like take a firm stance and say to anybody, hey, back the fuck off of Sutton. I've seen her do it to Sutton in defense of Diana Jenkins. Yes. But I've never seen her have Sutton's back. And even Sutton says, like, I had a revelation, like, she's not my true friend and never has been and has never had my back. But this is where it takes a weird turn because Kyle starts to get pissed off and now she starts running her mouth a little bit and says, like, you have a tendency to freak out at weird, like, under crazy circumstances or whatever, ridiculous circumstances. And Sutton goes, name him, name him, name him, name him, name him. I I should have counted how many she said, and I was like, "What's going on right now?" I don't know. Like, is she short circuiting? Like, what's going on? And Kyle's yeah, maybe trying to tell you, and you keep saying, "Name them." Yeah, that, I mean, that's like got to be the most frustrating thing, especially because Kyle was naming circumstances in which you did make a fool of yourself 1, and blow up and overreact to things. So it's not like I don't know. We we talk about this all the time. You have to be able to understand when you do something wrong and be able to remember it because people will bring it back up. You can't sit there and be completely ignorant to the times that you've done this and overreact. Or not to know what the word rude means. Yeah, I, I, the whole, I don't know. I don't want to say we didn't need the scene because we definitely we needed, needed it. it. I just don't know what to make of it. So the way that I took it, and I'm not putting fault on Kyle here. I think she got revved up for some weird reason, like went after her. It, it escalated faster than I thought it would. And well, I, I think that just goes to speak of what Kyle's state of mind is right now. Agreed. And I think okay, she's going to do that. that to more people. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I'm not even, like, I'm not throwing her under the bus by no, any means. Because no. Sutton was, was bizarre, this scene. This says to me, like, Sutton's going through something that it might be the dating thing. It might be the lack of a date. It might be 
Vegas. It might, I don't know if maybe she's having a hard time with this friend group. Maybe she's having a hard time with her kid. I don't know what the fuck's happening. There's something going on. Like, you yeah. don't just have, we've seen Sutton be weird and quirky a thousand times, and it's never felt like that. No. Ever. It, it could just be as simple as Sutton's reevaluated her friendships with people on the show. And I mean, we saw as much where she says she doesn't feel Maybe, like Kyle has her back. Even then, that's not the way to go about it. Like, no, definitely not. But I think she was drunk during that scene. I'm not, I am not on the Sutton's now call train at all. I think no. she was tipsy during that scene. I think she was too. And I mean, she, she needed a drink because she said she had a long day or whatever. But, I, I don't know, because then at the end of the day, we're trying to analyze a Sutton scene, which is one of the hardest things to do. Even when she's in a good mood. They're in the hard biz. To they're hard to break. In the biz. In the biz. In the Bravo biz. It's a hard biz. thing to break down what Sutton actually means when she says things and wh the way that she acts. Her behavior during certain scenes doesn't make any sense. This was one of those. And Kyle's behavior, like I said, we can put a thumb on that one because we've seen that one we know we've seen that. She's in a weird state of mind and she's lashing out a little bit. However, most of it was warranted because of Sutton's behavior and actions. This is just a new behavior for Sutton that we haven't seen. And I don't, I, I don't know what to make of it. That's why I'm leaning on the, there's something we're not seeing. Possibly. There's something that yeah. we don't know that's But then I think on. back to her on the gondola ride with Garcelle and she was fine. I know. So I think th I, that's why I think it's about a true friends type of thing where she feels comfortable enough around Garcelle to be able to speak her mind and say things that only Sutton can say. I, and she's okay with that. But then when she's around these other people, she says weird shit. I agree to a certain extent. I don't think that the true friend thing excuses any of the behavior. It doesn't excuse any of it. I'm I, just trying to wrap my head around it, honestly. No, I know. In real time. I, that, to me, honestly, like all I can see from this is like, something's going on that we don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, maybe we will. But let's move on to questions. From the Mellow Knee. How the hell are we 10 episodes deep into Roslick and nothing has happened? Nothing's happened? What show are you watching? Mellow Knee? Figure it out. Oh, uh, do you think it's Mellow Knee? Yeah. It's Mellow Knee. I know. I'm looking at the same thing. Oh, cool. Oh, I think you... her name is Melanie. If you're looking at these, why don't you ever read any? I... It's just so I can spell oh check. Oh my god. When I tell you that I've for <laughs> a year now. I just want you to try to pronounce the names and then I can figure out which name you're trying to say. I always think that the show's almost over so you're just on your phone being an asshole to me. <laughs> you read the questions? Yes. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I want to end the podcast right now. I feel I feel dirty. It's your fault. You thought that I was just being an asshole sitting on my phone. Which you do that as well. So no, I'm actually reading. I'm reading Bravo News, and and we're going questions. to shooter for questions for the rest of the <laughs> night because I'm fucking mad. I just thought it was your job, and you liked it. No, you don't like the job. I like it, but I like I always thought there'd be a time you'd be like, I'll do questions tonight. No, I actually don't do this every time. Sometimes oh, so I are, sometimes I am just on my phone. Yeah. All right, cool. That makes me feel a little better. No, I, I do it sometimes. Although it's kind of hard to see because you put up three different things, so all the questions aren't in one place. Because they're three different shows to make sure that people know that we're answering questions about those three different shows. Dick. Uh, uh, I, I like this one. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Maybe this gives a little perspective on that last scene. This is uh, Marky Mark C. Do you think Kyle is triggered by Sutton because of her newfound sobriety and Sutton was drunk? No. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. No, when you have somebody that's sober being around that many women that are drinking and Mo who still parties like, no, I don't think that's it at all. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that fully. 
weirdly enough, we're getting Southern Charm questions. Get on the right episode, Molly. Yeah, and see, I put the episodes up that we're doing. And I know. That's why I do it. It would be chaos in here. I do say ask us anything, though. Yeah, that's fair. All right, I like that. Oh, this, is, this isn't a question. This is just something that we need to start doing. Someone on Reddit called LD Latterday, and the bros should, too. That's pretty Dumb. good. Thanks, Lulu Grams. Uh, I'm going to extend it, though. It's going to be Latterday Linda. Latterday Linda. All right, evolution of the joke. We like that. Oh, this is a good crossover. This is from uh, Michelangelo Archiga. Is Larsa as self-centered or unaware as Lisa from Salt Lake? Gertie couldn't even have a cancer moment. Oof. That's a th- We're going to compare some self-centeredness. I think that they're both so far up their own butts that you can't. I think that they're on the same level, honestly. I think that that's the level of self-centeredness we're dealing with. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it presents itself differently. Yeah, I'm actually putting Larsa at the top of that list just because... Because of cancer? Because yeah, cancer no, you're right. Yeah, no, like, Larsa. Definitely you're an absolute Larsa asshole. Because it's fucking cancer. Lisa's yeah, just right. in her own little world, and right. she doesn't care about her friend's problems except for her own problems. Larsa's just Larsa, an asshole. Larsa disregarded a cancer diagnosis. Yeah, Larsa, it's not even close anymore, actually. Good call. Yep. Thank you. Oh, wow. You hit the nail on the head on this one. Somebody asked, do you feel the same about Lisa venting uh, to Jody as Gina and Travis? Good job. Look at you. Fucking Bravo expert over there. All right. One more. This is uh, Jessica Brandeberry. Still find any humor slash point to Mary scenes unless we're going to dive into her church. No. Unless we dive. I've said that, though, in the past. I don't, I, I don't even want to dive into the church anymore. I just don't. I don't want anything. No, that's not true. You you take that back. Not on this show. A separate thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we'll get we'll get caught up in that. I need a uh, documentary about her church. I need people to go undercover. Oh, are we gonna go Wait. undercover? Not for an extended period of time, but just because we came up with the idea now, so we need to space ourselves out. Would you be open to taking a trip to Utah once we're making more money from this? Once we're, it's like easier to take trips. Well, the grandfather rock is in Vegas. Grandfather rock. I think I wanted to say Fraggle Rocks. <laughs> Grand Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Can we go to a sermon at Mary's Church? Yeah, if we're ever in Salt Lake. That's what I'm saying. Take a trip to Salt Lake. Yeah, I want to go out to Utah anyway. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah. and I I don't think you understand my fascination with the Mormon religion. I, I don't really think don't. I can drink in Utah, can I? Well, they drink what all the fucking time. About? Yeah, are you, are you never mind. Dumb? Never mind. I don't know. I was told that once, yeah, I and know. I think it just stuck with me. Yeah, clearly. Wait, Vita tequila? Are you shit? What are you doing? I don't know. Hello? Are they going to kidnap me and bring me into the church? I get scared. I mean, I wouldn't be against that. It's a little culty. Oh, you can take a... a it's a little culty. <laughs> what was it? Come on. Well, I mean, like, all religions are culty, but... That one's a little more culty. Mormonism or Mary? Mormonism. Oh, both. I get worried that they're going to kidnap me. No, they won't kidnap you, but they might charge you an exuberant amount of money and then take over your life. I could lead the church. I could definitely lead the Mormon church. You could? Yeah. With that mustache? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even more. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, don't forget, we have our live show Sunday night. If you're at home and can't make it to LA, you can stream it 
Go to nofilterlive.com to get the stream and to purchase tickets for the show. It's going to be a blast. Donna Bowling is coming out. Kristen Doty is coming out. we got a couple of other surprise guests in there. So please go get your tickets. It's going to be an absolute blast. We're so excited for it. Um, remember to follow us on all of our socials at brav underscore bros. Please do us a huge favor. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us out so much. And leave us a five-star review. Unless you're going to leave a thorn. I'd prefer you didn't. You can leave a thorn. Just make it a five-star review. And just preface, this is a thorn, but it's a five-star thorn. Yep. We'll see it. Well, we'll see the five stars, so we'll know it's a five-star thorn. A thorn. A thorn. Give us a thorn. Other than that, do you got anything else? <laughs> uh, go Birds Monday night. Hopefully when we're back here in the studio Tuesday, we're celebrating a good win and celebrating a great show. Yeah, baby. Rob Bros are out of here. See ya. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.